While you're still standing, let's pray for Israel. As a family, I know many of you have been praying already as soon as war broke out. Uh, what was that, Friday morning, I believe? Uh, we woke up to that. Israel is blessed by God. God is faithful. We just sang it. His word is out over the nation of Israel, and they will not be defeated. And we come together as a church family, as Christians, praying over our Jewish brothers and sisters, speaking and pleading the blood of Jesus around their nation. And we say that the plans and the plots of the enemy is confused and it is spoiled. And the angels of the Almighty God surround that nation as it has from the time that he gave the commission to Abraham for that nation to come into existence. It is a God thing. It is protected by Him. It is blessed by Him. And that blessing has never been revoked. We thank you, Father, that your people who are there, their hearts are softened before Jesus Christ that they would begin to see that their Messiah has come in the form of Jesus Christ and they will accept Him as Lord and Savior and they will join us in the force of the kingdom and overcome evil with that which is good. And we thank You that Your Word, it is always true. It will never fail. And we strengthen that nation with our prayers today and we do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. We're studying the blessing. We started it last week on family day. And what a good day. I don't, what a good day that was. We had a full house last Sunday and all the kids were out here with us. And we gave away some books to all the families. And it just really got some things stirred up in me. I want to re-give you the definition for the blessing. It's the, it's the definition we're using. It didn't come straight out of Scripture. It didn't come from the Greek or the Hebrew. This is Susan's working definition of the blessing. It's when we speak words that paint a picture in someone's mind that helps them to see who God created them to be. That's how we bless people. We use our words we use our words. A blessing's really not a blessing without words. We use our words to paint a picture in someone else's mind. Last week we talked about our kids. Paint a picture in their mind that helps them to see who God created them to be. Today I want to talk about the power of the blessing. And when I got to study in this, whew, that's why I say you can't defeat Israel. Because the blessing is a powerful thing. And when God put that blessing on Abraham, that is the same blessing that is still taking care of Israel to this day. Tiny nation. And these big bad boys around them think they can take them. It's, not, it's been tried. I mean, Hitler tried, Germany tried. How many times? Israel is constantly under attack. You just can't take them out. You can't take them out because they're God's. Doesn't mean we don't need to pray for him. In fact, the scripture is very plain. That he will bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. And he said for us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So we need to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen? But it's the blessing. The blessing that's there on them. I don't think with our American mindset that we understand the God-ordained power of the blessing. 
you can go back. It started in Genesis. It's, we talked about this a little bit last week. It started with Adam and Eve. The first thing he did when he created man was he blessed him. People bless their children. People bless their siblings. People bless their future son-in-laws. I mean, you can just go down through Scripture and look up the word blessing or blessed and start looking at how God used the blessing and how it set on fire the course of nature, James tells us. Our words set on fire the course of nature. And we have a, a world of negativity Coming against us, coming against our mates, coming against our children, our neighbors. How do we combat that negativity that's coming after people's souls? Trying to hold them back from being who God sees them as being. How do we combat that? It's simple. The blessing. We are blessed and we are blessers. That was last week's lesson, right? As I went back briefly and started studying uh, the history of it, I realized we, there's just some things we got to cover uh, on how powerful this is that we can learn from these accounts. So, whew, you can turn there. I'm not going to cover much of it, but Genesis 24. Because I want to get to several things, and it's already 11 o'clock. Happens fast. Typically... The, capital T, the blessing was given by fathers over their children. That was the typical thing, especially the firstborn. The firstborn son. Uh, that was typically how it was done. But we see siblings blessing siblings. I, I can't even imagine the power that would come or would have come, now my parents, my parents were, they blessed us all the time. I, I, in fact, I try to thank mom if I could even think of one negative thing that you stated about me or my character. And however old, I was born in 67, however old that makes me. <laughs> Max is figuring it up for me. Not, I couldn't think of one. I honor you for that. My, my dad, he had to get on to me about things. And he could do it. But not once did he speak against my character or my future. He said, I'll ground you till you wonder when freedom's ever going to come. But never did he say, you're a sorry excuse for a daughter, or you're a this, or you're a that. Never did he label, usually it was dad that was hard on me. Um, I think mom dealt more with David, and dad dealt more with me just because of personality types. Probably David was blessed with mom's personality. Um, much easier. But I looked at this in Genesis 24, and Rebecca's getting ready. Uh, to leave to go to go marry Isaac, and her family comes out, and her siblings speak a blessing on her. I tried to imagine what it'd been like to have a blessing for my brother, <laughs> my older brother, my big brother. Can you imagine the power of that? For your see, it's too late. 
I'm not, I'm not still growing up. Now, David could still bless me, obviously, and he is a blessing to me. But to have those words from your sibling, and it's too late for me with Wade and Chelsea. Uh, you know, Wade's in heaven, Chelsea's here on earth. But it's too late for me to teach them, hey, bless your sibling. But it's not too late for y'all. It's not too late for y'all. It's not too late for y'all. What, how powerful would that be to be blessed to have your siblings. Okay, girls. If you know, you know. This might be a, this might be a miracle. <laughs> to bless each other. Y'all have fun, I know, and I appreciate it. I get to watch it. It's, it's a great, great to have fun. But man, there's something powerful there. And this is what her siblings said to Rebecca. Thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions. And let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Man, I thought about Israel this morning. That's Israel's promise right there because that's where Israel's coming from. The blessing of Rebekah is still on Israel. They will possess the gates of those that hate them. There's a promise there. But on our subject, these siblings are saying, be thou the mother of that. This is going to be important. I know you're thinking, man, sis, please don't say I'm going to be the mother of millions, okay? But for them, this was timely. This was, this was prophetic. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions. This is so important because Isaac is who she's marrying. Who was Isaac? Son of who? Abraham. What was, what was promised to Abraham? He would be the father of multitudes. She's marrying a man who is to be the father of nations, the father of multitudes. And her siblings, unknowing, they don't know Isaac. He has sent a servant to go find him a wife. But yet this is what prophetically comes out of their mouths. May you be the mother of thousands, of millions, and thy seed, which eventually be Jesus, possess the gate of those that hate them. Whoo! So Isaac marries Rebekah, whose siblings have blessed her to be the mother of many. But in Genesis 25, 21, there's a problem. We learn that Rebekah was barren. She could have no children. Oh, well now we've got a blessing on Rebekah from her siblings that she would be the mother of thousands of millions. We got a blessing on Abraham and Isaac that his descendants would be as the stars of heaven, as the sands of the sea. And we have Rebecca barren. Listen to this. Naturally unable to produce what God has promised. Rebecca was naturally unable to produce what God had promised. But the blessing had already 
been spoken. You can't stop it. Babe, I need to give you the mic. It already been spoken. Look, this is the important of speaking now. Speak to Bays now. Speak to him now. Lay your hands on him and tell him, this is who God says you are. And then if a teacher says you're stupid, or a kid on the playground says whatever, somebody comes against you and says something, the blessing has already been spoken. It's already been spoken. Rebecca conceived twins. She was unable to produce in the physical the promise, but the blessing became a strength to her to overcome what was in the physical. That's faith, right? Our words were designed to be prophetic in nature. They were never designed to state things as they are. They were not designed to state things as they are. It is God who calleth those things that be not as though they were. I'm made in His image and after His likeness. I'm supposed to function in faith that way. So when I look at my children or my grandchildren or my, my husband or my congregation, I am not supposed to say what I see. I'm supposed to let my words be prophetic in nature. I am supposed to say what God sees. I'm not making something up and I'm not going to, you know, lay hands on one of my grandkids and say thou shalt be an NFL player or Although they would probably say amen or thou shalt be, you know, the queen of England or something. I mean, you can't just grab this stuff. This is prophetic words that's ministered to these siblings by the Spirit of God for them to speak the words that they're speaking. And if God doesn't give you something to say, then you go to that book that you hold in your lap and you use something out of that and you tell your children who they are in Christ Jesus. Who they are before God. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only. You are not beneath. You are blessed when you come in. You are blessed when you go out. And that includes war. It's actually speaking of war. If Will left out yesterday on his ship. He is blessed when he went out. And he'll be blessed when he comes back. And you can claim that over your children. And I know that that Lori's praying and we're praying for him as well. How beautiful is that? Our words designed to be prophetic. And our children, they, they are seeking the words that define their future. Coach? They're seeking the words that define their future. Teachers, they're seeking the words that define their futures. If they're not getting it home, I know some good teachers around here. 
and you can speak into their lives because that's what they're looking for. That's why they fall sometimes for deceivers. What do deceivers do? They tell them the words they want to hear. They tell them the words they want to hear, but theirs has deception in it. Yours is truth. And if, we don't, if we're not sowing the truth of those words, of the blessing into them, then they can't recognize a false blessing. But if Daddy has already told Ayla Jane who she is and what she's worth and, and what she's going to be and the things she's going to do according to the Scripture, then Mr. Wrong doesn't stand a chance. She'll rise above anything. She'll, steep, she'll keep seeking truth. In Genesis 26 and 27, chapters 26 and chapter 27, we find these twins, Rebekah and Isaac's sons, Esau and Jacob, seeking the blessing of their father. And this just was so... Strong in me that children are seeking this. Our mates are seeking this. Our co-workers are Everybody's seeking the blessing. Everybody wants to know what their purpose is and who they are, right? So they're seeking the blessing of their father, uh, his words of blessing on their future. And Esau was the firstborn. They're twins, but somebody got to be born first. Are you the firstborn? He's the firstborn of the set of twins. And he, I think, lays claim to it on his younger brother a lot. Esau was the firstborn, and he was naturally supposed to receive the blessing. Traditionally, he was supposed to receive the blessing. But Jacob so wanted the blessing that he was willing to manipulate to get it. Think about this with your kids. They're looking. They're seeking for the blessing. And these kids, Jacob was so hungry for the blessing that he was willing to manipulate to get it. Parents, that's a big deal. That's, that's powerful. I'm not going comp- to speak manipulation on your children. But when you start seeing a child manipulate a situation... Perk up your ears and begin to bless and do not curse. And I don't mean cuss. I mean do not speak negatively. Correct, yes. But you can correct with a direction of positivity. If you're seeing manipulation in your kid with, other, with, their, with their siblings, with other kids, and pay attention. What they're seeking is your blessing. Once the blessing was spoken, there was, they, tricked, they tricked their dad. Esau was supposed to get the blessing. His dad was going blind. You remember the story, the whole, he furred up, you know, Jacob furred up his chest so he thought it was Harry Esau and the whole nine yards, cooked what he wanted, cooked what the dad wanted, the whole manipulation. The dad mistakenly blesses Jacob instead of Esau. 
And Jacob comes to him. He's like, you you know what dad said? This is tough. The blessing's been given. It was given to the wrong one, but it's been given. And, And what I got out of this was it was incorrectly given to Jacob. But Jacob's behavior did not change what was spoken. The blessing was given on him, and his behavior did not change the blessing that was spoken. The blessing remained. See, it's real easy to bless your kids or to bless your maid or to bless your co-worker when they're being good. But what if you can bless no matter what the behavior? That's the blessing. That's the blessing. Because the blessing has the power to direct the future. So it's curse. But I prefer the blessing. The blessing's not done by what you see naturally. It's spoken by what God said naturally, out of his nature. And Rick, God didn't look at me and see what was in the natural. He saw me through his eyes. And he spoke his words over me no matter what my behavior was. Correction, yes, but never cursing. The blessing is spoken by faith. It's not because it's what you see in your kids already. It's not because it's what you see in your mate already. It is spoken by faith. And it's so spoken by faith that the blessing is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter that defines Christian faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things we don't see. That we don't see, that we don't see, that we don't see, that we don't see. We speak it though we don't see it. And then just a couple of verses down, he talks about the blessing. In this context of faith. You want to look at it? Hebrews 11 verse 20, I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. With eyes of faith... Isaac, looking far into the future, invoked blessings upon Jacob and Esau. Prompted by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in prayer over the top of his staff. With eyes of faith, in faith, Isaac looking far into the future, invoked blessings upon Jacob and Esau. Prompted by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed Joseph's sons. He blessed his grandsons as he prayed over the top of his staff. By faith, that's the whole point. By faith, not by what you're seeing naturally, but by faith. This is what God said. This is what we're going to see. We can look far into the future, not what's happening right now. As you're standing little Jimmy in the corner, in the quiet seat, 
in the timeout chair, paddling his behind, whatever works for your family, not what you're seeing right then, because if we respond off of what we're seeing right then, we will say the wrong things. What do I want to see? What do I want to see? What is, what's the heart of God for this child, for this husband, for this co-worker? And then that's the words that we use by faith. Because the children, the people in our homes, the people around us, they're seeking those words. And they're not finding them very many places. The words that can paint a picture in their mind to help them see who God created them to be. We can't afford to let the people around us go hungry for the words they need to hear. That's when they're going to find them somewhere else. Grandparents, you get to help. Probably one of the greatest blessings of being a grandparent. We're not in the everyday picking up the cereal off the floor or cleaning the muddy bathtub or other things that float around in the bathtub sometimes. You know, we kind of get to skip that part. And so it's just really so much easier for us to just speak that blessing. And grandparents, if you want to look at that, you can look at Genesis 48, starting around verse 10, where uh, Jacob is blessing his grandchildren. And the way he did it, it's so beautiful. If you go back and read it, he, he, he kissed them and he embraced them and he laid his hands on them and he spoke into their lives. And, the, and that was, um, I'm trying to think, Manasseh, help me think of the other name, Ephraim, right? Did I say it right? And you know that blessing is still spoken over Jewish children to this day that he spoke over his grandchildren has gone from generation to generation to generation to generation and it is protecting Israel right now at this moment. And they don't just do it once a year. Typically they do it every Friday. They speak blessings over their family. Whew. You, need to go, you need to go study it. It's, it's phenomenal. We, we need to pick up on some things. In your notes, if you went to the QR code at the entrances of the sanctuary, I put a little history of that blessing in there for you. Very short. You can look it up. You can Google it. But it, it, was, it was fascinating to me just what I read on it. The blessing, if it's done in faith, it is lasting and it is powerful. I love what Rusty said a while ago, and that's exactly where we're going. And the account I like to go to for this, you probably remember it because it had a talking donkey in it, and that kind of gets everybody's attention. Not Shrek. It wasn't Shrek. Um, it was Balak and Balaam. And it's found, you don't have to turn there, but it's found in Numbers chapter 22 and 23. is kind of around where you can get the meat of it. But Balak tries to get Balaam to curse the children of Israel. 
Now, we're talking about the descendants of those that, we, that have received the blessing. Rebecca's kids, Rebecca's grandkids, Isaac's kids and grandkids. They are the children of Israel, the descendants of the ones that we've been speaking of. And in Numbers chapter 22 and 23, uh, I'm going to pick up in 23 verse 7. He says, come and curse Jacob for me. Come denounce Israel. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? Verse 11, Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I brought you out here to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. And he answered, must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth, moms? Must you not speak what the Lord has put in your mouth, dads? Must you not speak what the Lord has put in your mouths, wives, husbands? Must you not speak what the Lord has put in your mouths, co-workers, congregants? Must you not speak what the Lord has put in your mouths? I got pretty hard on the church Wednesday night about posting memes or things that speak against church. Not this church, but church. Church. Must you not speak what the Lord has put in your mouth? I like to sum it up this way. When you talk about the church, you're talking about another man's bride. That man being Jesus Christ. And it's just not smart, is it, Bo, to talk about SJ? Jesus feels the same. He's the one walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which are the churches. And uh, he's the one to do the correcting, not your social media page. Moving right along, verse 11. What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you've done nothing but bless them. And he answered, Must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Skip down to verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. This is what I saw as us as Christian families. If we bless our children, our grandchildren, we bless each other, then when somebody comes along and speaks negative or curses it, God's blessing cannot be changed. The evil intent of this person could not change the blessing of God that had, been, that had come out. But the power... Of the blessing is you speaking it now. Before the negativity. Before your kid is bullied. Before social media comes after them and attacks them. These things need to be, the blessing needs to be established in the minds of our young people. Before they're contemplating suicide. I'm, I'm tired of suicide. I'm tired of it. I've suffered with with friends who have suffered with this. Their their children commit or their grandchildren, their children committing suicide. 
we, and I'm not saying that they didn't do the blessing, okay? I'm just saying there's such a negative pull out there that we have to, I mean, don't drive your grandkids nuts, okay? Don't drive, but just as you're, like Deuteronomy teaches us, as we're walking, as we're talking, when we rise up, when we sit down, the blessing. You know, it can be as simple as you're a good man. You're a good man. You're, you're such a, a strong woman. Typically, that's what I say to him. You're a strong woman. And to Braden, you're a good man. You're such a good man. To Jordan Paul, come back here. <laughs> Chelsea's grinning. I, I send her pictures of my steps sometimes at the end of the day, and I can get my 12,000 steps in like that one days I have him. What a joy. And that's typically what we say to him. What a joy. What a joy. What a joy. What if every kid in America could have that? It's got to start in your house. And then your kids get to be a blessing to the kids on the playground. And they have it in them to give because you've given it to them. It's a powerful thing. I'm not going to read to you the history on Ephraim and Manasseh, but I want to encourage you to go back and to study. Just Google, or if you've got a, a, a study program, blessed, blessing. Oh, my goodness. There's just no telling how many times it's even in the Scripture. Because that's who God is. And if that's who God is, that's who I am. If you would, stand with me. I want to I speak the blessing that we studied last week over you. Your children who are in children's church are singing the blessing every Sunday uh, this month. So they will know the song. I encourage you to play the song at home when they're in their bathtub. I got a message from one of the moms uh, last Sunday. She said, kids are in the bathtub and the blessing is on. You know, so uh, start sowing those thoughts into them. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons that this is the blessing they are to give, saying to them, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Amen. Oh, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. Because he's not anything like religion has tried to tell you he is. And God the Father is not anything like your earthly father could, could possibly show you, even if he was a good one. Uh, anything that religion has told you that makes you feel condemned, that makes you feel lesser than, is a lie. God is a blesser. He's a blesser. He sees the good in you, the gifts and the talents and the abilities that, he's, that you have, that you house, were put in there by him to bless him back with. And to bless the people around you with. And so, if you've heard wrong about God, just go study Jesus. He should show you exactly who his father is. If anybody's qualified to tell you who God is, it's Jesus. He's been with him from the beginning. 
He's watched him all the way through. If you can even define beginning, Jesus was there. And he can show you who the Father is. Find out for yourself who the Father is. And I guarantee you, you're going to like what you find. If you haven't accepted him as Lord, there will be a group up here uh, one or two guys that are, and girls up here, after service, they would love to talk to you about accepting Jesus as Lord. It, it's not complicated to accept Him. It's a matter of believing. Hey, I believe, and I want to make Jesus my Lord. That's where we start walking the walk, but we start walking it. You're not perfect when you, when you walk away up here. It's called discipleship, and, and I've... I've been in it for about 50 plus years. I don't remember how old was I was when I got saved. Some of you have been in here in it 80 plus years. And we're still learning. But it's a good walk. And God will help you walk it. He's for you. He's not against you. He'll correct you. But it'll be done with a blessing in mind. I promise. It is not anything like religion has pictured. So if you need to do that, come up front after service. See Dylan, see Mark. Uh, they'll be up here and let them pray with you and get you started. We want to help you along the way. Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you for the blessing that you've put on our lives through your word. These are not just words on a page, Father, but they are your word. They're your word to us and over us. And Father, when we can get to the point that we can receive them in our own hearts, they'll start producing the kind of life that is peace and that is a blessing to the people around us. Father, we repent for our cursing words. Not cussing words, but our cursing words that we have spoken into the ears of other people. We repent of that. Holy Spirit, we ask. You're our teacher. You're our helper. That when words start to come out our mouth towards other people in their hearing that would affect them in a negative way, we, we ask. We ask that you nudge us. I realize we still have the choice. But when we realize the power of our words and that life and death are in our tongue, we want to speak life. And we want to speak the blessing. We thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. It will not return to you void. But the things that we sow into the hearts of the people around us, they're powerful. Someone else will come along and water the seed we sow. Or we'll water the seed that someone else has sown. And people's lives will be better because of it. And they'll bring praise and glory to you and grow the kingdom. It is in Jesus' name that the church says. Amen. Amen.